Hello, this is Len D'Amico, and this is the third special guest episode of Columbus Local Podcast. You know, traditionally, the podcast features uh, primarily local Columbus, Ohio musicians. And uh, every now and then, it seems like a little more often than not, um, I will have a special guest, a special interest person, special topic. Um, but today presented itself. Um, today, we have Jack Herr. Now, Jack and I have some history. I'm going to let him explain. Um, but Jack, welcome to uh, Columbus Local. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. We were just talking about being back in Columbus, and it's wonderful to be back here. And the view is stunning. So Lenny and I, uh, we played football together in high school, Westerville South High School football rules, you know. And uh, then... Uh, but that is where our musical journey started as well, because at that time, 1979, 80, 81, was when you know music was available and new music was happening. And I glommed onto that new music side, and our high school was filled with Molly Hatchet and McGuffey Lane. Nothing wrong with that. They're great musicians. But we had been through that scene, right? We've seen that. We've heard it. They're local. In fact, McGuffey Lane is, we were just talking about, they're still power on brothers. That's the way to go. But our music, and I was introduced to new music. And so during spring practices or something like that, I would have different music on my radio than anybody else had. And Lenny and I connected very early over things like the cars and middle school, man. Yeah. Yeah. And Elvis Costello, we were just talking about that and. Yeah, so Jack, you like I don't know if we talked about this, but you know, we would go to these parties, you know, uh not in middle school so much, but like in high school at Westerville South. And uh our classmates would some of them would have parties. Big parties. <clears throat> and you playing. you're the guy, <laughs> all right, man. So like I'd be, you know, grooving to some Molly Hatchet, banging my, you know, banging my knee into the into the wall and, you know, digging that and I dig that stuff. But, you know, you when you come to the party, whatever was playing on the turntable, you'd take that piece of thing off of the turntable and you'd throw something on there that you had under your arm. How and always- that stuff was like psychedelic furs. But I'll never forget the first time that I saw you, witnessed you do this at a party that might have been at Dave Trimmer's. I, I, I don't want to throw any names around, but because he had a party, it seemed like every weekend. <laughs> Those were nice but, but you came and you threw this record on. It's freaking, it was Elvis Costello punched the clock. And it just, that, I was like, what is this? I was the channel changer. I liked changing the channel. I didn't, I, I, I liked all music. But I wanted, to, I wanted to know what people would do with new music. What would you do with this? Because this is different. This is a, a different sound. This is fresh. This is clean. Psychedelic furs. Oh, man. And then all that whole new wave. Like you, dude, you were like this, you were like this music, uh, uh, you were a, a trendsetter. Okay, I, you, you made things happen with music. In my mind, I always attribute that to, uh, I think, the who was always a huge, I was a huge who fan and I loved Pete Townsend because I felt like he was so, um, eclectic in his tastes and trying to push limits of things. And I was, that was what I was looking for in other musicians was people that pushed the limit, branched out, tried the new thing. I I didn't want to, I mean, you can, 
I grew up listening. We were, I grew up listening to the Beatles and Santana and Cream and those kind of bands. Great musicians, done extremely well, but also the best, pushing it. The you know Santana. I don't think many people in Columbus were listening to Santana, very popular band, but culturally that wasn't the jive. It was Molly Hatchet or it was Skinner or it was Zeppelin or it was, you know, these traditional Boston and bands like that. REO Speedwagon. REO Speedwagon. Yeah. You know, and classic I, rock, what then, we call iconic rock now. Exactly. And I think you, it's easy because the music is so good. It's easy to continue to listening to good music that way. Right. Yeah. But my thing was I want to branch out. And I think that reflected, obviously I moved away after college, you know, moved to San Francisco. So it, I was seeking it so much that I moved across the country. Well, in your whole life. And, and I don't want to date us. We're about the same age. Yeah. I think you might be a little older than I, yeah. but the point is, um, your whole life you've been in music. Like, like you're not performing music, but you're hitting you're hitting a lot of concerts. My dad, your whole it, life. My dad was a, in a country and western band, so I grew up here in Columbus. And every summer, I'd go out to Arizona to visit my father. You know, that's I think a lot of people's normal life now is visiting separate parents. And he played in a country and western band, a straight up Elks Lodge, booked for New Year's Eve for five years coming. That kind of band, very true country and western swing band and you could go and dance with your lady and have a good time so that's how where i learned to dance and that was when i started to feel music the value of music live music especially so then when coming back here and growing up here on north high street essentially you know in the area it's like you're seeking out music when can i go to a club when can i do this you know i think i actually faked that id to go to peach's nightclub one time like on Morris Road. So that's cool. It's like then that started everything of like live music, club scene, people is better. And when I saw live bands, I was like, okay, now we're talking. Now, now, and I and so I got to see great live bands here in Columbus. In fact, the number one show on my top five of well, all yeah, time. I was going to say, what's your top, what's your top five? Top you get five to concerts, top five concerts. And this is your lifetime. So this is a hard one. Yeah, and you've seen concerts across the United States. If if not, was it, have you been global travel yes. with, with music? Yes. All over the world. All over the world to see your bands. Top five shows. So when you, I think when anybody, I challenge anybody to pare it down to your top five shows. It's difficult to do when you really think about why is it your favorite show? Is it the musician? Is it the girl you were with? Is it the bar you were in? It was the venue, whatever. So I narrowed it down to my top five and the number one show happened at Stash and Little Brothers in North High, Nick Cave and the Bad Siege, which was amazing, amazing show. Just, it blew my mind with where I was in music, and it blew my mind as a performance. And then now that I look back at that, I go, that was at Stash's. That was at a small local venue. And in it, Columbus, Ohio. In Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> it wasn't, we weren't in London, we weren't in New mm. York, we weren't in some LA, we weren't in some big city, we're in Columbus, Ohio. And I, now I think back and I go, oh, wow, that was really cool. And my number two is almost as cool replacements at Mr. Brown's, the other end of High Street there. What a show. What a show. Now, what was it about that? <laughs> a, the venue, Mr. Brown's was a classic, classic, classic small bar, you know, and they played, the replacements were at the 
peak of their <laughs> you know debauchery um but they played a great set and the club owner was like okay we're about done and then they came out for an encore but it was the roadies and they continued in the encore and they played the encore and then the bar manager shut the pa off and they kept playing for like another 45 minutes <laughs> it was it was awesome they were it was a great show in every sense of the word um, if you were paying attention, you knew it was the roadies oh, that were it, playing in that. Yeah, that well, they were. Section. They would wear their dresses yeah. at that time, so the roadies put on dresses. So it's like, well, there's guys in dresses on stage. So I don't know who they are, you know. And it's a small venue; I can't tell. Um, I think, uh, you know, we were talking about this. My number three is Santana at the old St. John's Memorial, and that was the full three of everything Santana, which was. Amazing. That was my wife's 16th. Was it Vets Memorial or, or the... Oh, uh, Vets Memorial. Okay. That's more. I wasn't sure yeah. which one you were... Vets Memorial. St. John's is where I saw that Cheap Trick show. Oh, cool. Cheap Trick and with the roman- Romantics opening. <laughs> no, see, you were lucky because I, I, I was the oldest in my family and I, I like... I, I didn't have any connections and I was... I've always been a trailblazer of my own, you know, family but in my, for myself, but... Nobody, nobody showed me the way and, and like, I heard about it when I saw the t-shirts come in to school the next morning and, and I missed out on that show. I I could say same thing about the rush shows and the ACD show, ACD shows that always came through town, which are great, but I didn't get to see them. No, you were doing that. (laughs) So I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, where am I Four. number four, number four. What did I say that was earlier? Uh, the, well, we talked about the Cheap Trick show was a different venue, but that's five, not in your top. Five, is, top. five, was, uh, five is Waylon Jennings. Mm. Number four is... Um, oh, I think that was a... Uh, we were at Mr. Brown's, and then we popped to the Vets Memorial for Santana. Santana. Uh, and... Oh, Metallica. Oh, really? Metallica and Santa Rosa, the warm-up. Num- that's number four. Number four. They, they, they would open a tour up in Petaluma <clears throat> at the theater there and do a very small show. And this was the Injustice for All tour. And then I saw them at the end of that tour, which also made it, I think, one of my favorite shows because I saw both ends of the tour. You see a band when they're fresh and excited going out and they're practicing and they're trying and perfecting their material. And then I saw them at the end, they came back to the Cow Palace and, you know, they're a little more tired there, but the show is that much more polished, different, different solos worked in different processes. Obviously they were building that justice figure, which, you know, any, any physical production in a concert is, it's a big undertaking, but I'm always impressed by like, we were talking about wearing costumes or wearing a uniform for a band, any band that wears matching suits or puts on a costume or does I give props to all the guy going on. Oh yeah. You get a bonus point just for, you know, wearing something that all matches there. Well, you got to listen, shout out to local band, um, the mathematics. Okay. Which they wear matching outfits, typically a black shirt, white tie type Perfect. thing. And it's in the, they're all there. Uh, and it's and it's fronted by um, just a fabulous front person. We'll play some of them I mean, in a little bit. But like I said, if you if you're a band, in my opinion, they got I, it going on. I'm not a musician, but I've seen a lot of bands. 
for me, if I see a band that comes out and they have matching shirts on, they all have a tie on, let alone suits or like Guar, where which is a whole I saw Guar mm. at their which is an amazing show, and that was a very small club in San Francisco, but I get splattered with all their blood and all that stuff, which is fun. But I, you get in my mind, you get props, you get extra bonus points because you're putting in that extra effort on top of being the great musicians. You know, that's I just appreciate great musicianship. You know, that's you. You see a band, you see even a solo act, somebody who who's putting themselves a putting themselves on stage. B, if they're playing their own material, oh man, that's I, that's hard. That's difficult to do. And then see if you're you know willing to play a whole set and take what people give you and, and bring it and bring it. That's a, yeah. I love that. I, that's my favorite thing as a fan, seeing people give it their all and put it out there. That's my favorite thing. Wow. Yeah. That's why you go back to the clubs, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. why that's exactly. I go, I mean, I go cause I, I, you know, Oh man, Columbus really has some, some cool bands. Um, some of which, and there's different, different scenes, right? Yep. Some of it is, um, original music mm-hmm. you gotta go to certain clubs for that and then you know kind of primarily in the suburbs uh there's clubs that uh you know hit all the they entertain the uh, the cover bands and um i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah yeah that yeah is one of those and if you can play if you're up there on stage like i said that's step number one you're up there you're not back here with me you're up there and i that's bonus points and then i and then if you're a good musician you know if you're not fooling anybody even if you're giving it your best effort. I'm already on you because you're up there. And then if you can lay down a track and put down some beats that people can move yeah, their butts to. It's a lot to, of fun to do that. I think it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun. We, it's a lot of fun. We were able to see some great music back in the day with in Columbus, especially Ronald Cole and the Trillionaires and all that. I went and saw them so many times, and I loved them as an act. And he was, I thought, one of the better performers that I saw that was when I realized, like, wow, when you have a lead guy like that who can put it out there, who? Yeah, the the charisma that that he he had. Oh, and you the know, voice stepping out, great voice, and his performance, yeah, was really. And his um, ba- and his band was fantastic. The Trillionaires were great. Yeah. They were great musicians, great players. And when you put that together with a lead singer who's willing to put it out there and strut and put a little style on stage, this goes back to that wearing the uniform thing or the costume. Like, you're a performer. You're on stage. We were talking about Dave Grohl that same way. He's an entertainer. He entertains. And when you walk out of that concert, you have been entertained. It's not like you saw an entertaining show. He entertained you. Right. Uh, Tom, Tom Jones, I saw the same way, which was, I saw him solo, theater in the round, and then I saw him at the Fillmore with a band, and I saw him one other venue with a big band. But that dude lays it out there. Right. That dude lays it out there. Yeah. Uh, James Brown. Have you ever seen James Brown? No. Oh. I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, not in person. Oh my God. Lorraine and I went to see James Brown at the Fairmont in San Francisco. Two drink minimum. <laughs> like it's a traditional, <laughs> traditional table sit down venue and they bring you your two drinks at the same time because they're not coming back. And you paid for them. Oh dear. You know, it wasn't dearly, <laughs> but we were all young, right? In college. And this was in the Living in the USA tour. Wow. Two hour and 45 minute roller coaster ride of entertainment. He entertained everybody. You didn't even have a chance. You, if, even if you were a stubborn little prig in the corner, sorry, you're entertained. He was unbelievably dynamite. 
you know, just the whole, and the band, you know, he's got Maceo. What do you need? You know, he's got a guy there. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. They were fantastic. <laughs> that, that, that seeing, I think seeing people live, this is what I love is seeing people live. And when people go out and support the acts, whether it's in their local bar or your local cover band that you've got your friends in, get out there and see the bands, get out there and support the clubs and occasionally, and when you can afford it, cause it's not cheap. Go see the big boys, go see the big bands, big tours, because a lot of times you'll see entertainment and that added level that you're like, whoo, you know, and, uh, and then you can see the bands come back in full circle. If you pay attention enough, you stay hanging around long enough, like you and I, you yeah, see these you bands get to come see back. them in a very intimate setting, you know, usually, yeah. yeah, like, like, um, I was able to see Robert Plant in the third row in a little theater right down the road from where we are right now nice. uh, at the, um, I think it's, it's not the state theater. It's the, I can see, I should know what the name of it is. It's right down the street. By the way, he was from out of town, dude, man. I know where you are now. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, I just thought he like, that was just so cool to see him in a, in a very tiny theater with the band of joy with a bunch of cool, you know, musicians from, from Nashville yeah. that he collected and um, Robert Plant was just oozing of coolness, man. Just up on that stage. I was in the third row center. Robert Plant's like right there. I was like, you know, it was so iconic to me and the coolest damn thing I saw at that concert was toward, toward the end. Um, he would, he went around back while the other musicians fronted their songs and he was back there singing back up yeah. behind the curtain. Yeah. I'm looking at him and I, I made eye contact sometimes. I just like, I like just melted. It was so freaking cool. But I feel that way sometimes at a local band show because, um, I, I, I like know some of these people, you know, when I hang out with them and I go support my friends and, um, I get that, that same feeling sometimes when these guys, you know, now being a guitar player, you know, I kind of gravitate toward the guitar players mm -hmm. and the, and the vocalists, but, um, I groove off the, the rhythm section, you know, and it's, and that's where it's at. I, this is why I said it earlier. If you're willing, to, if you're willing to get up there on stage and play your, and do your thing and let it swing, I don't care if you're singing, playing bass, playing guitar, whatever you're putting it out there and yep. that that's a bonus already. And if, and if usually come on, good music is good music. We've seen bad music. I've seen bad music, but I've never walked away because they're still up there playing. They're still up there trying. They should, I'm going to let them finish their song. I'll give them the applause that they need because they're working on it. They're playing. They're up there on stage. Like I said, they're not in the audience. And that to me is a cool part when you see these musicians and that means local music. That means you're in your local bar. That means in your local neighborhood, whatever venue you go to the smaller venues because you got to support these people and you got to, that's our job as fans. It's cool. <laughs> that's our job as fans. It's cool. And, I, and there's, there's more talent in my mind sometimes at the local level than, than we hear yeah. on the radio oh, or yeah. you hear, you know, cause a lot of the stuff today is electronic. It's not instrument. It's not, it's not artistic oh. from the sense that there's an, there's an instrument of someone's voice and somebody's, somebody's uh, guitar, acoustic guitar. It's, it's all kind of processed for the most part. Well, and they're aiming at a bigger audience mm -hmm. or they're aiming beyond themselves or 
or they're maybe they're trying new things and they're putting it up in the stratosphere. That can also be. I mean, that's how you know. I think we found new music at an early age is that you got to reach out and find the music. And if you can put it out there, if you can lay it down, do it. If you you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And go and and like I said, for me as a fan, I in order to hear all these different bands, I have to go see different bands. I have to go to the different venues. I have to get out there. And I I still love it. I still love and go into the. If they had a my local, the homestead, they used to have a uh, open night, so you had musicians mostly from the University of California, would, music students would come over and have a freeform jazz you know jam fest, and that was amazing because you could see people practicing their task, practicing their skill, and putting it out there, even in a very small venue, a very small bar. But man, I got to see some great music that way. Yeah, you for see, sure. You just see musicians just coming up and playing great, and you're just like, I saw that early. And that that's in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Where, where you reside. Mm-hmm. And how long have you lived there? It's been a while. We moved out there. Nineties. We moved out there in '84 originally. Oh my god! But then in '94 we moved to Boston for a couple of years, and then we came back and, uh, and and bought your home in San Francisco. Yeah. So we've been in our house out there twenty three or 22 oh, or something like that. Yeah. And he just painted it. Yeah. It looks great. <laughs> it looks you, great. You, you know, that's the value of age, right? You get to appreciate these really mundane tasks. <laughs> <laughs> or you move, you move downtown. <laughs> I don't have a yard anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but anyway, no. So, but, but I will say this though, you know, you, um, and, and don't do, don't throw the punchline out there, but I'm going to try to appeal to your sense of, uh, we've talked, you and I have talked about this privately, but I think it'd be great on the podcast for you to, Tell the story of um, you have you had or may still have a friend that has property on oh, Highway One. John, yeah. Okay, so so there's a neighbor that ended up. So so if you could start at the beginning, this is those this is those stumble into. Oh, really? Yeah, them. them? <laughs> yeah, and uh, so uh, you know we went to. That's an intimate encounter and and something that you know. You got to cherish. It's a meeting of a musician where, oh, you, where you don't think it's going to happen. I met this friend of ours in art school out there in San Francisco and good friend. And over the years, we've, you know, marriages and divorces. And then she's having kids in a different school in a different area. She's at this different school down the peninsula and meets this guy. And he's got a couple kids in the same school. And he also owns this hilltop kind of acreage uh, in, on the peninsula there. And uh, we go down there, and it's one of those mind-blowing, oh, wow, I can't believe it, like 65 acres of heaven. And I'm like, well, who's your neighbor? <laughs> and he's like, well, Neil. Neil's my neighbor. And I'm like, okay, Neil. And then we're talking that night, and he's, I'm learning that he used to, he, he did a little roadie work back in the 70s for a, a little small group called Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. <laughs> and I'm like, so your neighbor is... Neil Neil. Young and he goes yeah he's a really nice guy we might see him down at the beach tomorrow so we go down to the beach because they have a beach place of course you know you have to and Neil comes Neil Young comes and he brings his son in the wheelchair and we're all going down to the beach and there's quite a production to get his son down there but it's the everybody's having a great time beautiful day and we finish that day up on the cliff there and uh there's a, there's a laser light available. Somebody had brought a laser light 
and they're pointing it out to the ocean and it's very fun and it's just this scenario where you're like i'm i'm here having a couple drinks on this ocean cliff in california with neil young and we're pointing a laser into the ocean <laughs> i never thought i would be there right and already my mind is blown well, you know, a year goes by, a couple of years go by, John and Susan, everything's going great. We've been down to the ranch, spent a lot of down there. And John calls me up and he goes, hey, do you want to <clears throat> do you want to go see Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young? They're starting their little reunion tour. I'm like, yeah, when? And he goes, I'll pick you up around five. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. What year is this? Oh, I can't even remember now. That was, I mean, all the girls were young. So that was probably easily 15 years ago. Okay. 20, yeah. yeah. And maybe 20 years ago whoa, whoa, getting old and well he picks me up in his wonderful cadillac and we cruise down to san jose and we drive in and he's passing all of the parking lots and security's waving him on and i'm like okay <clears throat> i know he has sharks tickets so maybe he's got a special parking pass well we pull all the way around and go right into the loading dock of the sap center there and we go in right into the green room and immediately these curtains part and I almost physically bump into David Crosby and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> and he goes, hi, I'm David. And I'm like, I know I'm Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you are, man. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> and I just was blown away because we're, I'm in the green room with all these amazing people <laughs> and they're like, okay, we got to go on stage. So you guys have a few more bits and enjoy everything here. We'll see you out there. And you know, we're, we're right in the front for the concert and I right then it's like music memory music moment where you're just like I can't even believe that this happened you know and let alone that I'm here you know I just it's it's a crazy story and and you you know to luck into those situations and luck into those friendships and luck into that I feel you know I feel lucky I feel lucky and I feel lucky because I was paying attention to music and being open to it, right? Then it's like, sure, oh yeah, I'll meet this person. Who is it? Well, it's somebody super famous. <laughs> and it's a fun evening. Yeah, and it was really fun. <laughs> we continued to, I saw Neil a couple other times after that, just at events and things like that. And that unfortunately at John's wake, which was a beautiful event, but it was nice for them to be there. But it, it's one of those things where you, I had a run in with him because I worked up here, you know, at a design firm. And we did some work with Lionel Trains. And, and Neil was a big train guy. He's a big, he loves training and Lionel Trains and all this kind of stuff. And he was on the board of trains. And so he got this project together with this design firm. And uh, they came up with a concept. It was a different group from that I was working in. And, but they needed test people. And it was designed to aim at very young children to try and perpetuate training as a thing. So I brought my daughter in there. And... Uh, she went through the test focus group thing and, uh, it, you know, it, it went away. It was whatever. Well, years later, I'm talking to Neil and I mentioned working at this design firm and those efforts, he just went off. He starts screaming. They screwed everything. <laughs> they didn't understand this at all and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I didn't work on it. I didn't work on it. It wasn't me. <laughs> we had a good laugh about it eventually, but man. <laughs> you, were, you were a good listener. A little bite your tongue for, moment for Neil. Like, damn, I shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, I mean, I think um, San Francisco's got to be a, a cool music scene, though, right? It's, it was over the many years. It was phenomenal, much like Columbus. Lots of little smaller venues. You know, clearly a slightly bigger city, so you have a slightly more venues. 
But then over the years, you saw them dropping off as the price of housing and the price of everything goes up. And these venues are losing their thing. Well, there was still the strongholds, Slims. Uh, you still had the, 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 what is it called now? It was the Independent or back in the day it was called the Viz. And these certain strongholds would last. But then they started to drop off. And then COVID obviously really ruined a lot. But I think also... I was just talking to another musician uh, out there, and they play in a big band, Acid King, which is, I think they just last 20 years they celebrated. They're amazing. Mm. They're heavy. I say, oh, They played a, a anniversary of the homestead, the bar that I did the design for. And uh, I thought I had seen heavy bands. You know, you go and see some heavy, dark, you know, black metal or something like that, and you're like, wow, that was the heaviest I... When I saw Acid King, I had never seen anything heavier than that. They mm. were just so pounding. You saw these guys at Homestead? <laughs> they played this out in the street. Because Homestead's not that big of a club. Okay, so the Homestead... They, and I've been there with you. Yeah, and they closed <laughs> that street in front of it. Mm. And they had a stage at the end. Yeah, the fire like department. On the, on the hill? Right there in that street. And the, the fire department even brought out their ladder truck, and they ran a ladder up so that they could get a good picture of everybody celebrating the anniversary, which was, wow. was fantastic. Wow. But I think now the, you know, COVID hurt a lot of venues. But even before that, the cost of housing just hurt a lot of the practice spaces. You know, practice space became a premium. So bands, they were still existing, but I think they would retreat it to an online exchange of music maybe or something like that because... Um, it, you just there was a lot less places to play, and therefore it felt like there was less acts. I know that wasn't true. I know the musicians were still out there, but there was just there's just that many fewer venues today. But their venues are coming back, and I think they're what I'm starting to see is smaller venues cropping back up, offering smaller, more intimate one person piano type stuff, and that's what's going to yeah, bring acoustic it back. duos, yeah, and, yeah, and whatnot. That's what's going to bring it back, and that what that really takes is the community to be involved and the community to go because ironically it's the same local community maybe a neighbor that complains for noise i was always amazed when that happened in san francisco you have a nightclub area and then lofts get developed for financial reasons and all this kind of stuff and people move into those lofts they're moving into the party district why <laughs> why why did you move into the party district if you're not willing to listen to a little bit of music at night right and so that caused a lot of problems i think that was the demise of slims which was boz skaggs uh venture out there and that was although i never really liked that venue physically uh they had some great shows they had some great shows there just like great bands obviously he had connections early on and they just were booking acts like you couldn't even believe that an act that size would play and then you realize like oh boz skaggs called them up and that's why they played there. But, uh, you know, the Maritime Hall got torn down where I saw Motorhead. That, that just got torn down and replaced by a big apartment building. And, you know, I think that's why the smaller clubs, the bar scene, needs to stay active. Because that needs, you know, that's what we're going to have is that size venue. Or you're, then you have to go up to a theater size or, you know, unless you really have a strong community to build a space, you know. The first, one of the original spaces when we first moved to San Francisco, which I thought, which I loved, was totally community, was the the farm down there on south of Petrero Street, and it was just like Petrero Avenue. It was just like I saw the victims' family there. I saw, um, oh my God, 
the, the, the bands, the early bands, the early versions of bands that you're seeing in a very public, basically empty pole building, <laughs> you know, as a, with a bleacher in the back and a gravel floor. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a good venue. You could vomit there and it wouldn't didn't really, didn't really bother anything. <laughs> well, you know, in, in, in you as a person and, and having known you since, like, I don't know, seventh grade or something right. in Westerville, um, you're, you're one of the cool dudes, you know, <laughs> like there's Jack Her, right? Um, the guy. You, you, um, you turned me on to some really cool music and I, I've always cherished those, uh, those early moments. And, um, but you know, you're multifaceted, right? You're, you're a businessman, right? You're a creative, a creative, you're a creative, but you are at a level where, you know, you do things on your own. You freelance, mm -hmm. you're, you're a, you're a creative director in, in graphic, yeah, graphic design. design, mostly logo design. Yeah, and it's what I feel like. Interesting, I think it's a lot. And this sounds funny as a non-musician. I don't mean to. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I'm an independent designer. I'm an independent. I'm an artist. I'm create. I'm putting myself out there, much like a musician yeah. does. Get up on stage. I got to get up on stage. I got to put myself out there. Design something fresh. I got to look at what's going on around me. That's kind of what I was getting at. I got to mix in my yeah. own view. Mix in my own thing. You got to and and figure out what you're going to do that fits the that people are going to like now in today's world and and stay true to yourself and stay true to what you believe is the vision or the sound that you want to put out there or that you want to create you know th that it's similar it i always felt like it's very similar you're creating you're doing something you're putting yourself out there you're solving a problem the problem with music is you want to entertain you want to get here or or get a point across or uh, hear this played a way that you've never heard it before. You know, I want to play this for you because I've never heard it this way. Let me play it for you. I can do it. Check this out. You know, that's exciting. I think that is, that's like laying down a design where you're like, look, I want to show you something. And it's from a perspective that you didn't think about. It's relatable, but how about this? And uh, I, I've just been listening to Bjork a lot for that very same reason. Because I always felt like she... Bjork has been around a while. A long time. And she yeah. like... And I'm going back and listening to this stuff. I, I'm picking artists now and I'm going back through their discography and listening to... From the beginning, you know, up through on the chronologically. And it's interesting to... I'm looking at artists and re-examining them. And I started doing this with bands that I... Like from high school. That I never really gave much credence. And... You know, I was moving on to a new thing. I was on the clash or I was on to this or I was on to that. I'm moving on to Missing this new person. Yeah. Remember that? But I was, but I didn't realize that <clears> I was, <throat> you know, I was bypassing REO Speedwagon. I was bypassing Bad Company. I was bypassing these other bands because I felt like that's mainstream. I don't want to listen to that. Well, now that I'm older, I'm like, okay. And I have digital thing, digital media available. I can go back and listen to bad company from the reason where this started for me also was uh, the Go-Go's. So I saw the Go-Go's getting inducted, inducted into the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay, you can debate that left, right, and center whether you think that the Go-Go's should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But what I realized is that I knew the Go-Go's for their hits. 
but I never really listened to all the Go-Go's albums. So I went through and I went and listened it's to them. It's good rocking, man. They're a lot of fun. They kick it, man. I They're agree. good. It's a lot of fun. They can pound it. Yep. And so that told me to look at other bands and just listen to them. Just listen to them, go through their stuff, and listen to it again, because maybe you miss something. And I've, I've picked up on a lot of older music that I bypassed earlier, and now I'm like, eh. You know, that's good it's stuff. The, it's the gift that keeps giving. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. good stuff. Exactly. So with some of your creativity that you do as your bread and butter, so to speak, um, and I'm, I'm going to brag about you a little bit. Um, you do, um, oh, you do, uh, some, some of your, your mini, Oh, my paintings. paintings. Now. Well, this is my new personal hobby. Yeah. Painting. And that I think is just absolutely fantastic. I think I have, you have three or four now. Yeah. You're one of my few commission type people. You request things. Yeah. They're, they're, I tried it. Well, there's some inspirational photos I think I've sent that you've you've acted upon. They're hard to look at because mm. they're so small. <laughs> but <laughs> the paintings that you do, so so Jack's paintings are. I don't know what sizes you're doing now, but they're inch and a half square. Yeah. So they're landscapes at an inch and a half, and you know most people don't think about landscapes that way. Uh, my initial inspiration was. A commentary on Instagram where we put everything into it you know the world is 360 around us and what do we do we put it into a square that we look at and now we think we're seeing the world and I thought that was really weird and I was like okay what's going on there so then I just because of a, some other projects I had some material avail available so I started painting these pictures on these little tiny squares and I thought well what can I do with this it's like fiddling around with a guitar or something. What can I do with this thing sitting in the corner, you know? And, you know, about 250 paintings in, <laughs> uh, it, it's become a little bit of an obsession. And, uh, but I treated it also like a design project and as a, some structure. And I felt like I needed to put structure into it, like practice. You know, it's like, I, you know, anybody can pull a one-off where you lay something down and people go like, whoa, that's amazing looking. But can you do it again and again and again and on demand? Can you do it? And the on demand part is difficult for me still, but I'm challenging myself to practice and get better. And I have found, I think a lot because of the design world, um, I put rules around myself just to contain it, just to, uh, for a calculator. So you can, you know, cause if there's no rules, how do you know if you're getting better? You might be getting broader. You might be, you know, you might figure out that you can mimic what that thing is the person on YouTube is doing with the fingers. I can mimic that. But are you getting better as a musician? Or, more importantly, have you decided what you want to get better at? And are you getting better at it? Are you giving yourself any challenges? My challenge right now is painting clouds. You know, it's, clouds are very they're beautiful to look at. You see all different kinds of types of them. But when you try There's to paint, them, when you try to paint them, the tools, the what you're looking at is not what how you think it's created, and the lights, yeah. the light source. My mom says to me, "Well, you know, the light source for clouds is always up." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, damn it, mom, you're right again." <laughs> I just, dude, I, you know, it, a wise person once told me, "The world is a big, broad space." But I wouldn't want to paint it. 
but you're doing it one square inch at a time, baby. Exactly, and one I, square and inch. And I love it. We'll get it all covered sooner or later, man. <laughs> so if somebody's interested to check out your artwork, okay, where are we going strictly to Instagram? Uh, you got a website. What, we, what we'll do is we'll put a link in the podcast yeah. uh, description, um, wherever you want to go. If someone's interested in your artwork, because I think you go beyond the, the one by one. I've done some smaller minis. The, the one and a half inch square ones are the big ones to me. <laughs> I do. I've done a series of inch and an eighth ones, and then I do a series of three quarter inch paintings, and uh, they're fun. If you look at Jack her paintings on Instagram, and you'll find me. Cool. Um, they're pretty cool. They're fun to do, and they're fun to. What I realize is that uh, one of the reasons why I started them is because it's it's creativity, but it's not on the computer. I've been working on the computer for 20, 30 years, and I do quite well at that. I, I've done all right at that. But I wanted to branch myself. I wanted to test myself in a different type of thing. In a, you know, it's like it'd be like, oh, I played guitar my whole life. Now I'm going to force myself to learn how to play the saxophone. You know, if you've never played a horn or something like that, yeah. it's similar. There's creativity involved for me, musicianship for somebody switching an instrument, but to challenge yourself. And for me, I, I do it with a discipline of defining rules and giving myself some space. And then now I'm, now I'm on repeating it. I'm forcing myself to repeat it just as a personal challenge. Can I do it again and again? Can I be better and do it again and again? Not just a one-off, you know? And I find that kind of precision and practices is interesting as you know as you get older in life man you get a little bit more time <laughs> right yeah, so no, yeah i can attest to that well you get a little more self-reflective and i think yeah. that's you know if you give back if you don't pay attention to oh, that man. you can mire yourself into a corner but if you pay attention to it and challenge yourself man you can our brains are we can do anything mm. we can do anything and when you see somebody being inspired and being creative and putting themselves out there like we're talking about music that's to me is that's a home run. Man. It's living that, life, man. That, that's you what it's all about. Living. You got to keep moving forward. That's what it's all you about. You got to blow through the uh, the adversarial situations we all find ourselves in, and get up on stage and sing that song that you wrote, or paint, or paint that paint that painting. I, I just a guy I used to work with. He ended up at Cliff Bar for many many years. He started a band at Cliff Bar, right? Just guys that work together. And they started this band and I watched them play and they used to play all of the charity events for Cliff Bar. They would go and do, they would get people to do volunteer work at big events and this band would be the thank you band. And there, they put on a show. They wear matching glitter tuxedo jackets, by the way, occasionally, which is phenomenal. But they're basically a cover band, right? They have a couple of their own fresh material, but when they're playing they're events, playing, they're playing and, songs that people want to hear. And what they do is they get it rocking and they get it going and they put up on, they get up on stage and they put on a good show. And he, they just played in Pacifica. I hadn't seen him in 20 years. And I'm like, they're playing Pacifica. I gotta go. Let's go. My buddy and I, we went down there. He finishes his set and he walks off stage and he sees me standing there. He's like, well, what, the, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I'm like, man, you're playing in my local. I gotta come see you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I gotta support. Yeah, good for you, man. Yeah. Local music, baby. That's where, and then that's that's what it's all about, yeah. you know, with the conversations. And um, so, man, you know, Jack Her, <laughs> <laughs> a long time, forty 
five years, whatever at, at plus least, yeah. something. Well, maybe maybe forty. Oh, no, maybe fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I was going the other way. I guess in Detroit, fifty, forty. Anyway, um, <laughs> it, it uh, you know uh, a lot of life is, has has uh, transpired, but you know the 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 binding thread has been the music music you know music man yeah like i've, I've texted you you know dude what's that album that yeah you know, it's just um you know it's a good it's a good uh good way to to live is to, is to have that well and it bonded us beyond other things that we we're doing we were playing football at the time we had all kinds of other reasons to bond but the thing that bonded us was music yep. and that's a cool thing absolutely absolutely and um you know, hopefully, folks will uh, check out your uh, your artwork and, and, and on a professional level. You know, if you want it in there, um, you know, your uh, your professional uh, websites. I know that you have something out there, you, some presence you, uh, for for your freelancing and your your creative. Uh, I'm at. Uh, let's see. Do I have a website? It, we'll figure, like, we'll figure a, it out. Yeah, I'm Jack. I'll put it out there. Jackermyportfolio.com or myportfolio.jacker.com, something like that. I'm a graphic designer. I do logos. Yeah. Yeah. I do logos. <laughs> and pay, and little tiny identity. paintings. <laughs> identity. Yes, identity. Brand communication as they say. Yeah. Um so I you know, I appreciate you uh sharing your insights, sharing your experiences, um some of your cool stories. Excellent. Some of your encounters. And uh, you know, we had a great dinner tonight with friends and um, you know, I just just cherish these times, man. I, I appreciate you uh, spending the time here. It's always good, man. I want everybody to go out and see local music. And a shout out to Westerville South Wildcats. There you go. 1981. Yep. I just dated our asses, but I don't care. Yeah. We're, we're the Wildcats, man. <laughs> just had a big birthday last week. Well, the real birthday's coming up, but Beth put on this. We, we had a we had a winning record our senior year. That's all I you know. I'm happy about that. <laughs> and we had we had a kick ass coach Ray Dusenberry, yeah, who's who's still with us. God bless him. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, you know those were those were times, man. We were pretty good back in the day. We we could do okay. We'd hold our own. That's my thing. I always people say, "Were you good?" And I'm like, you know what? We could hold our own. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, we had a, <laughs> we had a winning record. Yeah, can't and, argue with that. And we, uh, you know, we had some individual, uh, individual accolades, accolades, you know, it was fun. Yeah. We, we beat a couple teams. In fact, we beat one team <laughs> that we, that had ne- we had never beaten. I think they know who it is. <laughs> I don't, I don't recall which, which, oh, that's that East, East, East Columbus, their team. What was that? Gahanna? Oh, we did beat Gahanna that year. I think we did. 1981. I think we did. Yeah. I think we did too. Hey Rocky, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Rock, you know, Rocky's a musician. He's a local musician. Oh, yeah. And actually, I'll, I will, I think I'll reach out to him. I'm booked literally one to three musicians a week. That's great. Through pretty much the end of the year That's of fantastic. 2023. That's fantastic. And, I, and I'm so excited because um, it's fun to learn about, you know, these experiences and how some of these folks that are just absolutely uber talented, you know, have, well, have made their way. And you see how rich and full our community is. Yep. You know, yep. I, I moved away from here a long time ago. I always looked back at Columbus and I was like, you know, I'm living in San Francisco, so I'm living a high life. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. But my heart was in Columbus. And I come back mm-hmm. to Columbus and I realize there's a lot of talent here and there's a lot of music. There's always been great music here. 
And that's the thing I love. And about we still it. got good friends here. Yeah, we got great <laughs> friends. We got great <laughs> friends, man. Okay, Jack Herr today, um, our third special guest on Columbus Local Podcast. Thank you, Jack. You're welcome. Safe Thank travels, you, baby. All right, man. We'll I love to you. you. Bye bye.